0: All right, y'all, we are back for another episode. And today I'm so excited because we are going to talk about cooking. And supporting your autistic child, how it can be a great tool, not only for things like food exploration, but also looking at their adaptive behavior skills, what they're able to do, what you're able to teach them. And I have a special guest on the podcast today, Sophia Stearns of Isabella's Gourmet Chow. She owns a company local in Pittsburgh where she teaches children and adults how to cook, but really carved out this specialty of working with autistic children. I'm so excited we'll learn a little bit about her business as well, in case you're looking for cooking classes for your kids. Welcome to a parenting space actually designed for you, where you can get answers about navigating a life that includes autism. I'm Dr. Tay, a licensed child psychologist and parental coach specializing in neurodivergent affirming care. I have supported hundreds of autistic children and their families and have been in the autism field for over a decade and I know firsthand the impact autism can have. I was 12 years old when my little brother was diagnosed and my family had to learn how to navigate the autism journey. It wasn't always easy. Two decades later, I now create resources and services I wish my family had, including this podcast, and I developed the whole family approach. On this podcast, of course, we will talk about autism, but we will also talk about your personal growth and well-being as a parent, supporting your non-autistic children and sharing personal stories of other families so you're not alone. Quick disclaimer before we jump into today's episode. Anything shared on this podcast should not be considered clinical advice and you should consult with your team of medical, mental health and developmental providers if you need support. Welcome Sophia, I'm so excited to have you here today.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Day. I'm really excited to be part of your podcast. Like you said, my name is Sophia Stearns and I am a proud owner and CEO and the founder of Isabella Gourmet Chow. I teach cooking classes for kids three years old and up. And my child, Isabella, is my news. So she's the one who inspired me to start my cooking school. I am very proud and privileged to be on your show and just explain that the cooking part is not the most part of my business. I take every single child, every single participant, and international journey. So in addition, making everything from scratch. Even, yes, three-year-olds make their own dish. So if there's a pizza or calzone and a menu or a French tart, yes, every single child is going to make their own tart and caramelize their apples for the tart. In addition to that, for example, we are traveling to Italy. We will virtually travel to Italy. We will travel to different museums virtually. And we will absolutely learn Italian, and we are going to do an Italian dance, Tarantella. I've been doing this for the past seven years, and we have traveled to over 30 to 40 countries, meaning that participants have learned over 30 different languages.
0: Wow, that's so cool. And what is your training in cooking? My training
1: is basically I'm self-taught. My passion is nutrition as well. And of course, it's awesome to have desserts in the weekends or every other day. It's super fun to have snacks. However, I believe that every meal throughout the whole week with a little maybe snack should be on a healthier note. And I try to convey it to my family. I try to tell this to the whole entire world out there.
0: And if you happen to be local to the Pittsburgh PA region, she also does, and I'll let you explain, but very fancy dinners for parents and adults. So this could be a nice getaway or a nice self-care activity, but comment on that really quick.
1: As I said, so I started my business seven years ago and for six years, parents were always saying, well, what about us? We want to learn something. So as of this January, I started the cooking classes for adults. And they're cooking classes with a twist because we don't really travel and we don't learn the language. If you want to learn, of course, I'll teach you. But it's always complemented with a cocktail or a wine from that region or that culture. So if we're traveling to Japan, for example, or China, where we made sushi and roll, so then every participant was able to taste sake and different types of wine. Yeah. Then we also do the cooking classes where actually I do dinners. It's a six to seven course meal. And this is where I serve you that meal. And it's called Michelin star dinner with a twist. Because every dish I make is always with a twist. It's not as is As this can be found in a restaurant. Everything has to be with a twist.
0: I love it. I need to get to <laughs> a cooking class myself. I am a horrible cook and learn how to cook. Also it's super fun.
1: On. A lot yeah. of apps and it's quite delicious, I should say.
0: I love it. I love it. So let's go back to the child part of your business. Yeah. So how did you start working with autistic children?
1: So since COVID, I heard so many kids were regressing because of isolation. I felt, I felt very compelled that I can, perhaps I can help them So I literally started reaching out to a lot of organizations that work with disabled, Down syndrome, autism, and the list going on and on. I've been working with Down syndrome organization for the past three years out of Chicago. I did few classes with Pittsburgh Down syndrome, and now, for the past year, I have been working with Autism Pittsburgh. When I met them for the first time, I just felt that I definitely have to be with them. The person who has started this company His name is J.C. Torsky. His father started this organization 66 years ago with another 150 families. And I believe at that time, he said, I think Mm. 150,000 families were only found with autism. It's
0: actually one in 36 now.
1: Yes. So as I always say, there is no cure and there's no way finding out about what will happen to the child. However, we can always help them, right? To help them to go through this life, doing something fun like cooking classes. And I've been working with Autism Pittsburgh for the past year, I said, and we did a bunch of cooking classes and every single participant just loves dancing and they love traveling because we always play international trivia. So it's super fun. And in my classes. Nobody's ever a winner or a loser. They're all winners, right? So I never will say, oh, good for you is something about each country or whatever. It's always, let's learn something together. And yeah. it's fun for the families and the families to really, truly appreciate it because the kids actually have fun and they learn something at the same time and they get to taste what they just made it themselves. Yeah. And that's the most part about it.
0: For sure. I love this. Teaching skills in a fun way and also helping kids to promote the strengths that they do have and really build them up. And also realizing too, those things that are challenging that you're used to navigating that and supporting them as well.
1: And they'll learn a new skill, right? This is absolutely a new skill. And let's say if somebody doesn't like something, let them make it themselves. And most importantly, try to Tell them to use their senses. So look first, right? Smell and taste. And I suggest for the parents, always do it with a child, with a family. And then make a funny face or make, say, "Mm, it's delicious. You should definitely try it. You will love it. Because sometimes when the senses are, when you look at something, maybe it doesn't even look that appetizing. However, you could be very much surprised, right? So by tasting something, you're going to truly enjoy it. And if you as an adult are going to try it first and say, oh my God, this is so good, then the kid will definitely follow, you. yeah. follow your leader and is going to do the same thing. Also, if you're making something in the kitchen, if the kids are making something themselves, they're going to be more prone to try it because they just made it themselves.
0: And even if they try it and don't like it, that's okay too. That's It's still- okay I mean, because it's-
1: everyone has different taste spots, right? And perhaps... If you don't like something now, you will maybe, hopefully, going to enjoy it and year it two. And I truly believe don't ever force a child or anyone to try something you just made, just because there's something not enjoyable to that person. So perhaps just return it to the same dish and try it. Or I like to do it sometimes just hide that ingredient. So let's say Isabella, my 11-year-old, does not like bell peppers. To save her life. So I hide them in different foods and she just eats them without knowing about it.
0: And I think this process of doing the cooking, it's increasing a kid's motivation then to want to so try it. And motivation. Yeah. Yeah. And motivation's an important factor absolutely. for sure. Yes. Absolutely. What type of skills are you teaching? You're cooking a meal, but talk us through what kids are actually doing in the kitchen as part of your cooking classes.
1: They're doing absolutely everything. So let's say, I would imagine the French tart, they make the French tart themselves. So let's go back to, let's say something more healthy, let's say low mein or chou mein or fried rice. So with low mein, the reason I like those dishes is because it requires a lot of vegetables. So we slice a lot of vegetables bell peppers, onions, scallions, all the kids are always so afraid to actually start crying from the onions. Some kids actually really enjoy it. They're like, oh my God, those onions make me cry. Some kids are not so eager to try the slicing the onion. However, I teach them how to slice the onion correctly. And onions have so many nutrients. The same thing with garlic. Instead of using a garlic mincer, everyone can do that. We actually chop, chop, chop. We actually chop it small pieces, we dice it. So we use it a lot of the vegetables. We have cauliflower. Just imagine different colors, whatever you can imagine, eggplant. We use all those vegetables and then we saute them with olive oil and then we add some spices and then we add either rice or noodles. And then every child loves rice and every child loves noodles. I've never met a child who doesn't like any of those ingredients. So for that reason, when I tell them what we make it wet, the main ingredient, let's say, is I don't say vegetable because some kids will say, you know, I don't want to have a vegetable. I'm going to say, we're going to make noodles today. So everyone is so excited. Or I say, who doesn't like rice or who likes rice? Everyone, 99.999% always raises their hand and say, yes, I love rice. So from that, we start dicing and chopping the vegetables and our dish is done. And maybe there's one out of 50. is not going to try it because something he just doesn't like it or maybe he's in a bad mood or something. But most of the times we always make everything from scratch. I use special knives. They're plastic. So even three-year-old can use them without, they're not going to hurt themselves. They toast everything themselves. we're making fried rice, they have to crack the egg themselves. I do help them to show them the right way to dice everything, but they make absolutely everything themselves. If we use salt or sesame seeds, or sometimes they're allergies We're going use that. Every single child, no matter how many kids I have, let's say I have 30 or 35, every single child is going to have a dash of salt or dash of something in their hand, and they're going to put it in the bowl, in the dish.
0: That is so cool. And what's really interesting is you say, every kid loves rice and noodles, but I want to point this out to parents because I'm sure there's parents listening right now. They're like, no, 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 my kid does not. But I think what's so fascinating about a class like this is usually your kids then are willing to explore. Absolutely.
1: Uh, Let's say the other 29 kids, your kid is part of 30 and he's not, he's said he doesn't want to try it, he doesn't like it. But then the other 29 kids are going to say, oh my God, you should try this because this is so good. And 75% kids always say, I wish I could record them. Actually, I probably should. Oh my God, this is the best dish ever. Oh my God, this is so good. This smells amazing. Look at the colors. Look at this. It's amazing. It's just, I should probably start recording every single class I do just to hear yeah. this new deal voices actually just bra- like saying how fabulous the dishes. is.
0: Yeah. It'd be some great marketing because here's the thing. Kids are so honest. They're going to say what they're thinking and to have those type of reviews.
1: They are honest and you can't really... You can't lie to them What it is it you're putting in the dish. They will tell you right away.
0: So I know you said you'll have classes of up to 30 kids, but I know when we chatted, you said often that your classes with autistic children are smaller, right?
1: Absolutely. Just because of the challenges we might have. So my regular classes, I do different ages. However, when it comes to autistic kids, I get them by age. However, it also depends on the spectrum what level they're at. So let's say we can put a three-year-old with a six-year-old kid as well, or seven-year-old. Or perhaps we can put this six-year-old with a 15-year-old. It all depends as well. The classes are definitely much, much smaller. The last class I did with Autism Pittsburgh, I think we had seven kids, and they always count with their either parent or grandparent. Because when we do those classes, I highly encourage for the parent to make the dish as well. And the sibling, they bring their siblings as well. They're oh, well. more than welcome to bring the siblings. Since we did them during summertime, the siblings, some siblings have sports. However, I highly encourage to bring the sibling so the sibling makes the dish as well. And I highly encourage for the parent or grandparent to make the dish as well. This way they all work together as a family.
0: I love that. That whole family approach and everyone being involved.
1: It's a family event and it works wonders. It's just amazing. Then the kid will say, mom, try this. Or then the mom will say, you try what I made. Or a sibling will say, I tried this. It does wonders.
0: So... We'll definitely link your information of how families can contact you, but say someone's listening to this and they're realizing like, oh, cooking could be something fun to try with my autistic child. There seems to be a lot of benefits. What are some tips that you have for parents starting off in introducing cooking to their kids? Real quick, just a brief interruption, because I want you to know you don't have to navigate this journey alone. If you're in a place where you have concerns about your child's development, you've been on the search for a therapist that provides evidence-informed neurodivergent affirming care, or you're needing more support as a parent, the whole family approach may be a good fit for you. Autism doesn't just impact your child's life, so you deserve care that works for your child and your whole family. Head to the link in the show notes to schedule a complimentary call where we can chat about your unique circumstances we can help you decide if Dr. Tay concierge clinical care would be a good fit for your family. And if not, we will provide you resources for your next best steps.
1: So obviously don't start with onions (laughs) and make a dessert. Make something simple, for example, take a banana. So only a few ingredients, don't overwhelm the child either. So let's make a sushi and a banana. It's a healthy snack. Everyone loves bananas and everyone loves either peanut butter, almond butter, or cashew butter. So take a banana, roll it in that butter whatever you, of your preference, sprinkle it with toasted coconuts or any nuts you like, or even chocolate chips, which is good. Dark chocolate is good for you. Chocolate is good for your brain. Roll it in the ingredients and cut it up as a sushi roll. And use chopsticks. Make it fun. If you cannot use chopsticks, use your fingers, because this is how they eat in Japan anyways, with fingers or with chopsticks. And that's it. Easy peasy. If you want to use something, use a microwave, and of course the parent is there. Why don't you make a baked apple? Just carve out the middle, put some jam, some preserve of your preference. Put some nuts, for example. If you're allergic to nuts, use coconut. I actually use a lot of coconut in my classes just because a lot of kids now are allergic to various nuts. Poke holes in the apple, bake it for like 10-15 minutes, and voila, you have yourself a beautiful snack. So have fun with it. Tell them to cut a celery and dip it in the almond butter. Let them cut it with a knife, plastic knife, of course.
0: So I hear you say plastic knives. What other sort of modifications do you have in your kitchen for working get,
1: with kids? Yeah, cute cutting boards and get a cute apron. Get a cute apron and put a hat on. And there you go. And take a picture and say, you're like, you're like my first inspired child. There you go. The kids will want to do this. Get different colored knives, plastic knives. Get cute little chopping boards. Absolutely. Just make it fun for the kid. And use flour if you want. It's okay. It's easy to cook flour. Kids always say, oh my God, we love making math in your kitchen because our parents never let us. I'm like, have fun with it. And just sprinkle some flour on, on his head or on the apron and do this. It's super fun, right? When you make something, make sure you use a larger bowl and the larger side of smaller because the, the kid spills a lot, then actually it will all stay in the bowl. And use plastic bowls. Don't use glass. It's just safer that way. Make sure that you're right there. Make sure you have a step stool. If the kid is on the shorter side and it's hard for him to reach stuff, just make it fun. And play with the ingredients. Play with the powdered sugar play with flour. It's okay. It's all washable.
0: Oh, it's so awesome. This is fun for them. It's engaging. We already talked about too, how it helps with food exploration, but my brain also goes to, okay, we're working on fine motor skills by holding a knife. We're teaching safety around yes. knives and hot things. And I could keep going on. There's so many additional skills that come with cooking in addition to it being fun and about the food.
1: I did a video with those positive steps. I think it's called. It's a company. They work with kids with different challenges, like different taste buds. And we talked about different lemon textures. So mm-hmm. it started introducing different textures because it's all about, even as an adult, we might not like something just because it's, it looks good. But once we take a bite, we don't like the texture of it. I don't like creamy soups, for example. I love soups, but I don't like creamy soups. I don't like the texture of them. So just make different dishes and just tell them, just start experimenting and see what they like and what they don't like. Easy, easy peasy.
0: Yeah. And I think one advantage of doing this in a group atmosphere too is often kids are willing to explore food a little bit more because their peers are doing it. But I think if you're doing it at home, I think also I'd recommend to parents not having the expectation going in that they're going to eat it. Some of it is it's the experience of it. And if they try it, then that is a huge win.
1: And it's a huge win. And if not, they will try it some other time.
0: Yeah. As
1: long as you don't force them. Because there's so many other options. So let's say broccoli. It has a lot of vitamins, but there's so many other vegetables that have the same amount of vitamins. And they might enjoy better than the broccoli, for example. So there's really no reason to discourage a child to try something new. Encourage it. And if he doesn't like it, that's okay. Go on and try it some other time.
0: Vegetables tend to be one I hear from parents a lot. Like my kid won't eat vegetables. Any like go-to vegetables that you have? Absolutely.
1: Carrots. Carrots are a fabulous source. They're really good for your eyes. Carrotine. I've never met a child who does not like carrots. Salad. Kids love salad because it's crunchy. I suggest to get a big cucumber and ask the kid to peel the skin off. And then they can see all the seeds because the big cucumbers, they have larger seeds. And it's more appealing to the kid as well. What happens is that you give it to a child, let's say a cucumber or a carrot, to them it's tasteless. Add something, a dash of salt is good for you. Not too much salt, but some salt is, is good for you. You can make your own dressings. And if you don't have time, go and buy something on the healthier side. Just get rich, who cares? It's not like they're eating pounds of it. And tell them to dip it in.
0: Or like you were saying with celery, there's ways to decorate it and make it fun too.
1: Keep in mind that what cucumber and the celery, they are made of 95% of water. So during summertime, it's amazing for you because if you don't drink enough water, that's actually adds more fluids to your body, which is great.
0: And I think, again, as a parent, just having this exploration mindset, making it fun, trying, make it an experiment versus your kid tries something and it just feels like hopeless or they're never going to try it. I love what you say, Sophia, of like, okay, they might not try it now, but some of it is that continued exposure to it and allowing their senses to adjust to it.
1: And don't make the cooking basically like a chore. Believe me, you should see my kitchen when the kids are cooking, and it's half of the floor is covered with ki- flying carrots and onions. But who cares? It's fun. It's all you can clean it in five minutes. Yeah, and and you should tell the kid you should help me. Why don't you help me to clean it? And then I'll go give you like extra M M&M and M or something. Make yeah. it fun for them. Trust me, they're going to clean the whole house for you, <laughs> the whole kitchen.
0: I can't imagine what your kitchen looks like after these classes. <laughs>
1: uh. <laughs> It's just flour and sugar everywhere. However, the kids have so much fun. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the key of my business. That's the key of my school. That's why I open, just to take the kids and exploring the world and also exploring the food. And they explore the world through cooking. And that's the key of my business.
0: And my understanding, I mean, obviously we're both local to Pittsburgh, which is how we connected, but you'll do Zoom-based sessions as well. Right. Yes,
1: as I mentioned, my one of the first organiza- organizations during COVID, I started working with Downs of Chicago. We do it through Zoom. We do it once a month, and it's not a problem at all. Nobody's ever been discouraged to actually do something on Zoom. When yeah. I send the list of ingredients and supplies, would need it, and it's not a problem at all.
0: That's so fun.
1: Even yeah. in Pittsburgh, when we were uh, during COVID, it was all over Pittsburgh. It was through Zoom as well.
0: So, how can people connect with you about your business then if they're interested in your cooking classes?
1: So, I have a website, Isabella's Gourmet Chow. Then, I have a Facebook, Isabella's Gourmet Chow. I have every platform on social media you can think of Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I started TikTok. Because my 11-year-old said TikTok is the key of my business. Yeah. So I have videos there that actually find me because I drop things. It's okay. It's all good. It's called actually cooking with a twist. So you can find my videos there.
0: Awesome. We will be sure to link that So in the show notes. So it's easy for people to click and go get more information. Anything else that you wanted to be able to share about cooking, about food exploration, or your business before we wrap up today? I just
1: want to say this is, I started my business because it's actually my passion. My child was the inspiration of my business. I truly believe is that you should learn how to make food for yourself going into life. You should learn how to take care of yourself and don't make it complicated. Just have fun with it and explore it. When you start chopping something up, not every single bite has to be the same size, right? It doesn't have to be uniform. Let the kids really enjoy what they do and praise them at the same time. Tell them how creative they are and how wonderful the dish is and how tasty it is, right? And it's okay to sometimes to critique it, say, oh, maybe next time, maybe you should add a little bit of, for example, salt or less salt. However, just... Encourage them to do something. And while at that, why not say, by the way, did you know that Rome is the capital of Italy? And this is where your favorite dish comes from, your favorite pizza you love so much. So why not? And that is where my business is so popular. It has been popular is because we just don't make dishes from scratch. We actually travel. And then we played the national trivia. What well, kid does not like to dance? Some of them go crazy and they just roll on the floor, but that's okay. Yeah. it's all good. And then the parents always, they come early to get their kids, they join us in the dance. So it's fun. It's actually for anyone. If you're autistic or not autistic, it doesn't matter.
0: Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this information and being on the podcast. It was so great to have you here today.
1: Thank you very much, doctor. And I really appreciate it. it was great
0: seeing you again. And I'll see all of you on the next podcast episode. So stay tuned. Before we wrap up this episode, for real this time, I want to share a couple ways you can get even more value and what your next steps could be. First, join the Evolve Facebook group. We do Q&As about the episodes and so much more. I linked that group, my personal social media pages, and any resources I mentioned in this episode in the show notes. So scroll down now and join me online. When you submit questions on any of my pages, your question could be featured on this podcast. How cool is that? I love being able to speak on topics that feel directly relevant to your life. Your questions truly make a difference in the content we create here. One last thing, do your fellow autism parents a favor. Share this episode on your social media and tag me. Autism currently affects one in 36 families in the United States and many more worldwide. So I'm sure there is a parent in your social media followers that could be served by this podcast. Thank you again for being here. And I'm so grateful we shared this time together. Bye y'all.